pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So throughout this Easter season, we've been reading through the Acts of the Apostles. It's our first reading each week. It takes the place of where it's usually the Hebrew Scriptures. And we, on Sundays here, we've been talking about folks who've had a change in their life. We've talked about the disciples, how they went from people locked in an upper room to something in them changed and they went out and told the world about Jesus. We talked about the disciples as people who pushed kids away in the Gospels and then in Acts something in them changed and they welcomed and said the good news is for your children. We've talked about Peter. We've talked about Thomas. Today we're going to talk about Stephen. So Stephen had a really big change in his life. He was going through life. He started following um, this guy Jesus and the early disciples. Jesus dies, rises again, goes away. The disciples, at this point, they become apostles because they're sent out. And so they're out preaching. They're out um, changing people's lives. They're out sharing the good news that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And they have these communities around them that need things to be done. And the apostles are really busy. And so Peter, James, John, these folks get together and it's like, man, it's all I can do just to get to this place and tell them about Jesus. Who is going to proofread the bulletin? It's all I can do to go out here. Who is going to deliver groceries to that shut-in? It's all I can do. Who is going to take care of the buildings? And so what do they do? They appoint seven deacons. If I think about my own discernment, it was 18. I was 18 years old when I felt I was called to um, ministry. I was 36 when I was ordained a deacon. So this is like 18 years of what I don't know how long it took you. Hopefully not that long. These folks like walked in one day to the group and they were just normal folks. And then Peter's like, okay, you seven, we drew straws. Y'all are now deacons. Surprise. <laughs> and here's what you have to do. So if you want to talk about someone who had a big change in their life, Stephen and those deacons surely did. They had what they needed within them to do the work of a deacon. Which means we all have within us what we need to do the work of a deacon. To go out and let people know that God loves them. To help our neighbors. But that's not the change I want to talk about in Stephen. I want to talk about something more particular. So Stephen, we know a lot more about. He became the first martyr, and so there's a lot more recorded about his life. Uh, just before where we pick up today, we hear about Stephen going out. He was filled with um, grace and power. He did great wonders and signs. He doing something that, that some of the apostles were doing, out preaching, doing miracles maybe, signs and wonders. He was drawing a crowd. And he also drew the attention of the Jewish leaders. So the Jewish leaders got together. It's like, hey, here's another one. We're going to do something about this guy. And so they, they call him in front of the council, and they bring him up, and, and 
They're like, okay, so you're going out doing these things. What do you have to say for yourself? And so Stephen, he lays out the history of God's people. He lays out how again and again God's people, not particular people, but God's people have rejected prophets, have, have rejected things that, that God has done. And, and Stephen, he must have been quite the preacher because uh, a couple verses before where we pick up today, Stephen says this. He's in front of the council. He's pleading this case. Like, he knows what's probably going to happen. But here's what he says. You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in hearts and ears, you are forever opposing the Holy Spirit, just as your ancestors used to do. Which of the prophets did your ancestors not persecute? They killed those who foretold the coming of the righteous one, and now you have become his betrayers and murderers. So it's any wonder why these folks wanted to kill him. I mean, it makes sense. He stands up and is like, hey, your grandpa killed Samuel, right? Your great, great, great grandpa, he's the one that used to give Moses a hard time, right? And you, and you, and you, and you, he's calling him out. He's speaking truth to power. Maybe not in the most eloquent of ways, although you stiff-necked people. I don't know the original Greek, but I can only imagine. Maybe it has a certain poetry to it. <laughs> but he was fired up. And then they pick up stones and start throwing. The change is what happens as those stones are flying to me. The change is what happens between what we didn't read and Stephen using this harsh language and, and speaking against folks to what we read today. You see, the idea of martyrdom wasn't new to Stephen. It wasn't new to the early followers of Jesus. There had been a couple hundred years of Jewish folks who had been martyred, right? There were, there were various Jewish revolutions, revolts um, against Rome, and so different leaders would be, would be brought up, and, and they would all face a similar fate. Rome was really good at killing people. They were efficient and effective. And there were several Jewish folks who, who faced this. And, and Rome and, and folks were also good at record keeping. And so we have um, some testimony of last words of some of these martyrs. Uh, and one after another, almost to a person, they not only bear witness to their faith, but they also call down judgment against their persecutors. One such example, a person who was facing martyrdom, said, don't think God has forsaken our people, but keep this up and see how his mighty power will torture you and your descendants. There's vengeance in that. There's you're going to get yours in that. There's see what's going to happen to you if you keep this up in that. And so the earliest Christians, they knew this story. They maybe knew some of these folks, or they knew folks who knew folks who faced this fate. And so that kind of response, that eye for an eye, that vengeance, that retribution, that kind of response would have been typical, that would have been normal, that would have been expected. But when virtually every single one of the apostles and most of the earlier followers of Jesus, many of them, at least when they're martyred, we don't have any record of them responding in the same way. 
Instead, they respond like Stephen did. As these stones are flying at Stephen, as he's staring down death, as he knows he's about to die, what does he do? He uses his last breath to yell out a prayer, Lord, forgive them. That's a change in Stephen. From someone for who the typical response is to give it right back, the typical response is to outdo, the typical response is to meet fire with fire, hatred with hatred, stone with stone. Something in Stephen, something in those earlier followers of Jesus changed. And in Stephen, we see love has the final word. That is, to me, maybe one of the most remarkable things that happened in the earlier followers of Jesus, all of whom were killed for their faith. Love has the final word. They called down blessing and forgiveness on the other side instead of hatred and retribution. It seems they really learned something from Jesus because if there's one thing that's clear from Jesus' teaching, it's that we're to love not just our neighbors, not just the people it's easy to love. But for Jesus, we're called to love our enemy. We're called to love those who don't love us. We're called to love the people the world tells us to hate. Because with Jesus, love has the final word. Because of Jesus, Stephen is changed. And because of Jesus, the way we interact with other people, the way we talk about, the way we talk to other people has to change. Because it's common in the world to to try to one-up, to say, you're going to do this to me, no, I'm going to do this to you. We see it. We don't need to be reminded of that. Hate is ever-present. Speaking ill about our opponents, whatever our opponents look like, it's ever-present. We just had elections this past weekend. It's baseball season. I'm sorry, you Astros fans. (laughs) The world sets us up to hate. The world sets us up to stick it to the other side. The world sets us up for that. It's typical. It's expected. But we, as followers of Jesus, don't have that option. We are called to love. Even if it costs us everything. Even if it costs us relationships. Even if it costs us opportunities. Even if it costs us our lives. Love has the final word. And so, like Stephen, each of us is called to go out into the world. Each of us is called to proclaim the good news that Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. Each of us is called to share the good news of God's grace, God's mercy, God's forgiveness. Each of us is called to share the truth that love has the final word. Amen.